This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found financial tech in the Guide Rock Capital Management Weekly Commentary for the week of July 15th, 2013. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in Belgium, Nebraska. And of course, we post the show each week, including the written commentary from Andrew out at the AverageGuy.tv. Financial Tech brings you the latest market commentary from the award-winning Andrew Hunt, CFP and president of Guide Rock Capital Management, located right here in Omaha, Nebraska. If you'd like to receive a free copy of the written commentary in advance, send us an email. Just send that over to Andrew, actually. Andrew underscore Hunt at GuideRockCapital.com. Put subscribe in the subject line. He will get you signed up so that comes each and every week automatically to you. If you have questions or comments that we can read and answer on the show, send us an email. Send that again over to Andrew, Andrew underscore Hunt at GuideRockCapital.com. And, of course, you can find both of us on Twitter. Andrew is at Andrew D. Hunt, and I am at Jay Collison. Andrew, great to see you this week. I know you were uh, not around for the weekend. We missed you, but uh, great to see you. Yeah, glad to be seen. Glad to be seen. I, I can tell we're experiencing a little bit of latency here, Jim, just for the record, so that you know. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I was on the road. I was down south. I was in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma this last weekend, uh, seeing some family. So it was good. But I'm glad to be back. Um, so uh, if, I, if I may entertain you with a bit of a tune. Which one of these is not like the other? <laughs> uh, there you go. Andrew Hunt doing song. But if you find yourself humming that old Sesame Street standard, especially when you think about the markets uh, and world economies, you are probably not alone. Uh, to the consternation of many, the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 Index rocketed to new highs last week just as the Inter International Monetary Fund cut its global economic forecast for 2013 and 2014. Many in the media pointed fingers and announced, that's the problem right there. And, of course, they were pointing at Ben Bernanke with the Federal Reserve, uh, which just continued to dare about quantitative easing last week. While it might feel good to lay blame, uh, the Fed is just one tree in the forest of market volatility and economic growth. So let's take a look at another sector um, of the forest, emerging markets. Uh, they are expected to power 60% of the world's economic activity by 2030, yet just last week, China's exports slumped, and Brazilian and Indonesian central banks raised interest rate, which generally, shows, uh, which generally slows growth. Um, Turkey's central bank may do the same next week, um, and so is slowing growth in the emerging markets the Fed's fault as well? It's kind of interesting. While higher rates in the U.S. may hurt emerging markets, many of those countries have problems of their own, including infrastructure bottlenecks, excessive credit expansion, and so on. Last March, the Financial Times uh, quoted Deutsche Bank strategist John Paul Smith, who wrote, quote, We believe that 2013 will mark the year when economists and investors focus on the underlying imbalances within the Chinese economy and accordingly reduce their expectations of sustainable growth over the medium term. The deterioration of the perception of China is likely to have a very disruptive effect on global emerging market equities. Well, end quote, Smith's forecast proved out. Early last week, the International Monetary Fund lowered expectations for China's growth to the 7% range. 
which we've talked about China on this show before, and so that's actually even lower than some of the old statistics we've talked about. Of course, it's not easy to predict the future. Irrefutable evidence of that arrived a few days after the IMF's report when Liu Zhewei, China's Minister of Finance, said his country's growth rate could fall to 7% or even lower. And of course, all the economists totally gasped at that point. China's official growth target, which is set by the National Congress, is 7.5%, not that 7.0% or lower. According to the Wall Street Journal, quote, such a sharp downshift in China's growth could send ripples around the world economy, hitting everything from iron ore demand in Australia to sales of luxury handbags in Hong Kong stores, end quote. So a lot to watch there. It would be pretty interesting uh, to keep, a, keep an eye on that. So let's switch gears here a little bit. So it's pretty clear that in America, people are still pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. Three-quarters of all the folks who participated in the 2013 U.S. Trust Insights on Wealth and Worth survey, uh, which is made up of uh, all, all people who have $3 million or more in investable assets, um, made their money the old-fashioned way. They worked, owned a business, or invested. Three-quarters of the people that participated in that survey. Most of those believe, excuse me, most of those people believe they're financially secure and feel confident about the future. While that proved true for many aspects of financial planning, the study uncovered some unrecognized risks, many of which have been created by a volatile investment environment and changing tax laws. And so those four risks, I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you guys tonight. The first one, complete retirement planning. Um, although the vast majority of those surveyed are very confident about having the income they need during retirement. Many have overlooked factors uh, which affect income and assets such as lifestyle expectations, out-of-pocket health care expenses, and long-term care costs. Uh, you know, those things can really blow up your plan. Um, the second piece um, that they neglected to recognize is maybe financial support for extended family. Almost one half of those surveyed provide significant support to members of their extended family, which could include parents, in-laws, siblings, grown children, and so on. However, the majority have not included that in their financial plans, which could blow things up pretty quick. Um, the third thing is conflicting emotions about investing, and this was really interesting to me because of my work around behavioral finance, but uh, this one was interesting. The majority of those surveyed uh, said growing assets is more important than preserving them today. However, they also said lowering risk is a higher priority than pursuing higher returns. Now that's just backwards if we sit and think about it. That's conflicting statements. Very, very interesting stuff. And then the fourth thing um, was tax law changes. A majority of wealthy people do not understand the ways in which tax law changes may affect their income. Um, it can affect their investments and their estates and, and very few understand the tax strategies which might be available to them. So four things that, uh, that those wealthy need to look out for. To me, that says job security. <laughs> okay, so here's the quote of the week. Uh, it's from Benjamin Franklin. Tell me and I forget. Teach me and I remember. Involve me and I learn. Yeah, that's a great quote. This weekend as I've been uh, doing some work here at the Collison House, uh, we got outside and I needed some concrete stumps or concrete uh, footings dug out uh, brought uh, my boys over, my older boys, and uh, we involved them <laughs> in that process, and they learned how to uh, how to get those out. And so that's a great quote indeed. Andrew, let me ask you one question. 
the very first uh, is in that the second section as you were talking about people feeling secure and confident about the future and and you you mentioned a lot of folks don't have a they have an incomplete retirement planning what's the typical planning process time if somebody comes in kind of cold and they haven't cut, they haven't thought through it what would they expect if they were to work with somebody like you as far as getting ramped up in in getting a complete plan yeah good question um, so I should first clarify, so financial planning is a process. Uh, a lot of times people uh, might think of a plan as a document or a book that they get from a guy like myself. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I'll give you a book, uh, but I believe it's a, it's a process that goes on for, for life. Uh, but typically the way those uh, engagements work is uh, you start out with three or four hours of uh, discovery and and comparing notes and 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 getting documents together and all that kind of stuff and we hold our clients' hands through that process and and identifying the second step would then be identifying the issues um, and figuring out what it is you're trying to answer defining the scope and then uh, we go away do some analysis and we come back and uh, make some recommendations and and then implement some ongoing monitoring. Um, uh, procedures to, to help people down the path and so you know you're probably looking at four or five hours up front um, and then uh, three or four hours uh, during the recommendation and, and, and set up session so maybe seven hours total and, and what do you expect uh, from the from a person they've got to certainly go back and maybe dig into their own little finances a little bit maybe an hour or so worth of work there homework uh, to kind of bring in yeah it's pretty light you know I encourage people we do have a, a questionnaire that we send out and I say hey 25, 30 minutes max. Don't spend much more time than that on, on, on this questionnaire. I might give you some homework and say, hey, go pull these statements um, uh, to look at some investments and things like that. Uh, but, you know, hopefully that shouldn't take you too long. Uh, you certain, I've seen them all across the spectrum, right? I see people that are, are super organized and have a whole book that they bring in, and I see other folks that, um, you know, are fifty or $60,000 off on, on their balances and their, and their different investment accounts. So. Yeah, good enough. Well, and I know, you know, in my 30s, 20s and 30s, I was very involved in every penny. And then in my 40s, I have gotten more kind of just let it go. We have, you and I have kind of come up with a plan and I just kind of let that plan ride and uh, set it automatic and just let it roll. And that's been a good plan for me and, and uh, get those statements quarterly. And I've always, always for me personally, I just enjoy looking at those statements. I put them away and I say, Money's in good hands, and uh, we're, we're in good shape. So even in a downturn market like it had been over the last couple of years, I always looked at that as a buying opportunity whenever, the, whenever those are out there. So it, it's when you look at it that way, downturn in market is not a bad thing. You're like, hey, everything's on sale. I really enjoy it. So that's been my own personal uh, my own personal story in that. And so, Andrew, thanks for your work and all that you do. I'll remind folks that if they're new to podcasting and they're Looking for an easy way, speaking of easy, if you're looking for an easy way to listen to podcasts, consider using Stitcher, available on any browser, as well as both Android and iPhone platforms. And uh, it's a great way to listen to podcasts at home and on the road. Really good on the road. You can just plug that thing in and uh, plug it into your car stereo and listen it right through there. This show and all the past shows are on Stitcher. Stitcher.com, search financial tech. It's education for your ears and be sure to visit Guide Rock Capital at guiderockcapital.com. Follow Andrew on Twitter. He is just Andrew D. Hunt. Get all the show notes to this show if you want to go back and read the written commentary at theaverageguy.tv. This would be theaverageguy.tv slash HT. And you know, as soon as I started that, Andrew, I thought I have no idea what number this is. I should have uh, should have looked that up in advance, but uh, go out to theaverageguy.tv and you will find the most recent financial tech. There's actually a drop down on the top of navigation. It'll say 
tag podcast, drop that down, financial tech, and they'll all show up in order for you. So a good thing to do anyways. Now, Andrew and I say thanks for listening. We'll catch up to you next week. Remember, be smart about your investing. GuideRock Capital Management, Inc., or GuideRock, is a registered investment advisor that is registered with the state of Nebraska and located in Omaha, Nebraska. GuideRock and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration requirements imposed upon investment advisors in the states in which they maintain clients. GuideRock may only transact business in those states in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. Important information describing GuideRock's business operations, services, and fees can be viewed on the SEC's website at www.advisorinfo.sec.gov. GuideRock will provide Form ADV Part 2, which serves as the firm's disclosure document to all clients. Copies of Form ADV Part 2 are also available to interested parties upon request. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No current or prospective clients should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, or product made reference to directly or indirectly on this video, website, or indirectly via hyperlink or any affiliated third-party website will be profitable or equal to past performance levels.